0: God said after today you shall rise from your battle, the battle of your marriage, the battle of your business, the battle of your finances, the battle of your sickness, the battle of your shame, the battle of your disgrace, the battle of your setback, the battle of the pains you don't want to forget. God said she will rise from your battle.
1: And now, today's message with God's servant, Reverend Ismaila Awudu, head pastor ICGC Yawa Temple, East Degon.
0: The institution of the family is a very great institution. If it is not really looked upon very well, it goes a long way to affect your total delivery and your total outcome as a person and as a personality. We have heard in so many areas or so many platforms, where people were doing very, very good, very great, aspiring rising to the top but because these areas of relationship or family is not well managed it goes a long way to affect them psychologically emotionally and diverse ways that their career and even as a gift to the nation and to their people they don't get it they end up disappointing themselves they end up disappointing people they end up disappointing and causing a lot of hurt and rifts in families and in societies Not that they wanted it that way. But because they lack the understanding of how to deal with some of these things, it ends up like that. I want us to take a journey through the word of God and take a journey through what I have to share with you. Whilst we are looking at leadership in the family front, where we can be able to understand what God has called us to do and how we should conduct ourselves as far as relationship is concerned. And the area I'm looking at to share with you is what I have entitled the marriage shoe. <laughs> Shall we pray? Almighty God, we thank you for your gratefulness. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your love. We bless your holy name, that Lord. You have brought us to hear your word. We ask the Lord you speak to us. We ask that you will teach us. We ask the Lord you reveal yourself to us in a special way. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For your presence this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. I call it an amen. amen. Now, when we talk of the marriage shoe, marriage itself is an institution ordained by God. That is the first thing we should be able to understand. Marriage is not man's idea, it is God's idea. In the book of Genesis, which we know which for the book of beginnings, let me quickly take you there to Genesis chapter number two, and then we can look at certain dynamics of what I am trying to talk about. From the verse number 7. I will read a very long scripture. He said, And Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground. And breathed into his noses the breath of life. And man became a living being. And it says that a God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow. That is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now a river went out of the Eden to water the garden and from there it parted and became four river heads. The name of the first is Pishon. It is the one which skits the whole land of Avila where there is gold and the gold of that land is good. Bedilium and the own stone are there. The name of the second river is Gion. It is the one which goes around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Hidikil. It is the one which goes towards the east of Syria. The fourth river is Euphrates Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that a man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bed of the air. And brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was his name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to all the beasts of the air, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam. And he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man. He made into a woman and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Very serious presentations of the source of man and what God has prepared for man. You realize that in Genesis chapter 1, God put everything that was not in order into order so i don't want us to go into that place but after he has set the planet in place and set all creation the vegetations and the flora and the fauna and everything and water bodies and all that after he has done all those things he realized that man needs to take charge over everything he has done which is his estate of his creation so man now have access to take charge of god's estate so man took over and that is the bible says that and god rested on a sixth day god doesn't rest god doesn't rest he doesn't sleep if god sleep you will see that it will be very disastrous amen That word there in Hebrew, it means that it was transfer of power. God transferred to us the ability, the responsibility to take over as men. Because he created us in his image and likeness. That is why God has not come in to stop you from going to school. Amen. Because he needs you to be educated, to be able to manage his estate. That is why we cannot blame God for the depletion of the ozone layer. That is why we cannot blame God for the pollution of our waters. That is why we cannot blame God for the distractions of our vegetations. That is why we cannot blame God for the distractions of our wildlife. Because God put us in charge to manage all these things so that we will benefit from it. We become the beneficiaries of the preservation of our environment. So when we talk of the Green Revolution, it is not a man's thing. It is God's assignment to man from creation. Are you understanding me? So, when man fails in his quest and his responsibility to preserve these things, it becomes a disaster to man himself. But God puts it in place for man to take charge over it. So, when it comes to the day of accountability, we all talk of the judgment day. The judgment day is not only about how you live your Christian life, no. But the judgment day, we are going to give account of certain things. One, you are going to give account of how you utilize your time on earth. Amen how you and I utilize our time on earth, we are going to give an account because God created us and put time in place that we will use the time as a resource, as a resource to manage his estate that he has given to us. So if you fail to think that time belongs to me and I can use the time anyhow, on the day of accountability, you are going to account for the time. We'll also account for the resources God gave us in terms of the money God gave us in terms of the opportunities God gave us. We are going to account for it. Positions. Influence. We are going to account how did we use those things. To what benefit did we use it. So you cannot say the money belongs to me. Yes you have your money. But God gave it to you. So you are going to give an account how you spent it. Because he made it a steward of his estate. And Bible said that it should be found in every steward to be faithful. A steward is an overseer. A steward take care of things are you understanding me so we are taking care of god's money god's resources we will account for it the next thing we are going to account for is our lifestyle how we took care of our body this physical body how did you treat it god has determined that you are supposed to live 75 or 80 years that is what he has planned for you now the reason why you didn't get to that age you need to be able to explain It's a very serious thing. So, he instituted that even in scripture, he says that we should exercise. That is why the whole book of Leviticus, it is not just a written book, but the whole book of Leviticus teaches you on health and dietary. How you should be able to eat, what you should do, and all those things. They are all healthy practices. So that you can keep your body, which is the temple, stronger for the spirit to be in you to do the work that God has called you to do on earth. Because every man on earth has an assignment. And God is counting on you and I to fulfill that assignment. So we need to keep this body in shape to accomplish that assignment. You can't waste the body. You will give an account of it. You will also give an account of the knowledge God gave you. Which is the wisdom he gave you, the knowledge he gave you. How did you utilize those knowledge? To the advancement of the course of your assignment on earth. Did you waste it anyhow? Or you put it in good use? You discover things to destroy people or you discover things to help people. How did you rule with the knowledge God gave you? And all that. They are all part of what we are going to give and account for. Can I hear an amen? Before you now come and talk about your relationship with your creator, which is the God who created you, how did you relate with him? Did you receive and accepted him that is your true Lord? Or you looked at a tree or something else and derived your source from it? So all these things are things you should be able to consider and be able to know that you are going to give an account. How you relate with people is very, very critical. Words you use. You are going to account for the words. Everything, Bible says that every idle word, every idle word you use will be accounted for. So it is not just saying it, but everything we do will be quantified into giving an account for it. Then how you took care of your family. How you took care of your family, your wife, your children, and any other thing that comes with it. How did you manage them? So all these things are going to play because he gave us the right and sat back for us to work with it. So we are now going to report back that you sent me, I have finished. This and that and that and that and that is what I did with everything. That is why we have the report. Say the report that is why we have the account so judgment it's not simply standing there like some people are portraying it to look like uh, there is a wicked god sitting somewhere and immediately that being when he stand there no he said you didn't receive jesus as a Lord and personal savior your head you are going to hell based on the account you give you know some people or people will be saved but they will not also benefit from certainties do you know that in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it talks about our works will be tried through fire. Give me 1 Corinthians chapter 3 quickly. Let me read something from there so that you'll understand what I'm talking about from verse 1. He said, Our brethren could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to canna, as to babes in Christ. He said, if you feed, if I feed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able. Three. For you are still carnal for where there are envy, strife and divisions among you. Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For for when one says, I am of Paul and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? He said, who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believe as the Lord gave to each one. I planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. He's talking about the church dynamics here, but I'm zeroing into what I'm sharing. So then neither he who plants anything, nor he who waters, but God gives the increase. He said, Now he who plant and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. In other words, whatever I do, what you do, we all complement each other for what the results we are looking for. And then there's he said, Now, for we are God's fellow workers. We are God's what? I mean nine now. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. Tell somebody you are God's field. So, so, so you understand. What does a field do? You plant on fields, isn't it? Okay. So we are God's fellow workers. So we are working with God. Now, if somebody, you are working with somebody, it means that you have been employed. Now, then, who, if you have been employed, don't you give an account of your, your employment? Now, if you have been employed, don't you, won't you be given a job description? Would you be given a role to play? So you have a job description. You have a role. You need to be able to account to the CEO who who employed you. And do you know that if you don't deliver, you are fired? You see, when believers will begin to understand some of those things, our world will be a better place. Because we will not occupy places and mess up. We will be more responsible in whatever we are doing. Because we are not just moving, but we are working. So God has enlisted us already. He has employed us on this earth. And he's counting on us as his workers. And he made it so much that he made Jesus to become our co-worker. So Jesus is your colleague at the workplace. Because we are co heirs with him. We are joint heirs with him. The father sees us. By the death of Jesus Christ for us, he sees us now as equal. Every asset Christ has, we also have. That's what it means. So it's if we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are God's building. God's what? And he said, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. So you and I, we are all masons. We are constructing. We are building. The question is that what building are you putting on? And when we talk of building here, yeah, we are not talking of fiscal structures. We are talking about all these things I talked about that we are going to give an account of. Every lifestyle is a building. Everything you are putting is a building. And he says that we should take it, we should be careful how we are building on it. Verse 11, He says, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So, Jesus Christ the foundation upon which you are building. 12. If anyone builds on this foundation with gold, take note, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it. Have you seen a nice building and you pass by and will not acknowledge before? Have you seen a appellated building and you pass by and you will not talk before? Everything you do, people see, they will talk. Hello? So he's saying that the building we are building, that which he has given us to construct, when we do it well, it will speak for itself. And he says, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. And that fire is what I'm talking about, about giving an account. And he says in verse 40, he said, if anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. Do you get it now? Okay. Now let's go to the 50th. if anyone work is bad, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved. Yet so as through fire. So you get two scenarios here. You can be saved without a reward and you can be saved with a reward. So you can be in heaven Zongo or you can be in heaven Trasaku. It's up to you to choose. So some can be there without a crown because you see, when you have awards night, all workers are present. But is that every worker that is awarded? So yes, you are a worker, but you don't receive any award. Because you didn't exceed your target. You didn't impress. So who will give you that award? So there are a lot of believers, yes, will be listed as qualified and say because we are just sure in serving the Lord and any other thing, we don't care about our national development, we don't care about our health we don't care about anything other, we know let me fast and pray when you talk of everything it's a sin, I don't need to be in politics I don't need to do business, I don't need to dress well I don't you go to heaven no problem no problem but you are a disaster and a failure to the mandate of God So those of you who have tied yourself with Christianity, you don't do your hair nicely and you are in the marriage and you are, you are not taking care of yourself very well and you are binding your husband rather. Please, this month I am with you here. Give God a break. You see, we are wasting time on unnecessary things when we need to fix it because God said we are building. How are you building? You don't know how to cook. You will not learn how to cook. Your husband talks and you get a house help, and the person is cooking better. You start to compete with the person in the house. You think your husband is going after the person. You create all kinds of problems. The question is that, do you know how to do it? Then learn it. Am I preaching somebody here? You are not dressing well. And somebody is dressing well. And is passing by. Your husband will look because beauty is the eye of the beholder. You will look by all means. If you don't want a person to look, look good. You are a man. You will not push yourself. You will not do anything. Listen to me. You need to know that when we talk of the head, the head is not just this head. I am the head of the family. No, the headship talks of responsibility. That is what it connotes in scripture. When Paul was referring to the man as the head, so it represents responsibility. Responsibility as having authority over the family. Responsibility as giving to the family. It doesn't matter how much a woman will have, even if it is one CD, give as a man. Because your role is to take responsibility. It doesn't matter how the woman can be uh, uh, Adolf Hitler or Marie Data or, or, or Margaret Thatcher. As the man, your authority should be exerted over the family for the family to know that daddy is in control. That is why when the man dies, the woman doesn't become the head. God comes and sits in that place as the head over the family. It cannot be traded. The problem we are having is conflict of roles. And it's about time we need to define it and define it very well. It doesn't matter how intelligent or smart my wife will be. She can never be the head. It's as simple as that. But that headship is not a bullying to bully her. No. But that headship is for me to be responsible for her to see that I am resp- And responsibility is not about money. Please let's get it right. We sometimes, we say that when I have money, then you know that I am the man in the house. It is foolishness. If you can't be responsible and being in charge, when you have money, you can never be in charge. Have you not seen a rich man who is a fool before? And doesn't control anything? Reason why we are having a lot of heartaches, pain, disappointments, suicides, Some people who are not drunkards have become drunkards overnight. Some cannot even sleep in their homes. Some are afraid to go home after work. Some are even afraid to even enter into any relationship again. It's all because of the misunderstanding of what we really mean by relationship and marriage. Some cannot even perform at their workplace. They are making all kinds of mistakes. They are being fired and all that. And not that they are not competent. They are. But the thing is that something is eating them up, and they cannot even talk about it. They are dying slowly within, because we are failing to be responsible. A lot of people are working with guilt. Some are working with with uh, what do you call it? With with uh, curses on their life, because they really don't get what they are going through. It is important for us to understand that certain things are real life issues. That we cannot ignore. And the earlier we face it, the better. Let me tell you something. Every human being is complicated. There is no simple human being anyway. So don't tell me I need a man or a woman who can be so nice and simple. There is no man who can be so nice and simple. In fact, any man that tries to be extra nice is counterfeit. It is only our spirit that is perfect because it comes from God and it cannot be faulted. But our body, which is from the soil, from the humus, has a challenge and has a weakness. Our soul, which is the center of our reasonings and intellect and emotions, has a challenge. Are you there with me? But it's our spirit that stands clean. That is why it's our soul that stands judgment. It's our spirit because the spirit is already regenerated and he's not condemned. But our soul will give an account of how he reasons and does this. So there is no perfect man or perfect woman in a way. So don't be praying and telling God, give me a perfect man or a perfect woman. God will not give you a perfect man or a perfect woman. He said, dress the garden and keep it. There is a work aspect of every relationship. Yeah. The challenge is that we are too lazy and we have extended the laziness also into relationship. And we think relationship is microwave. I take the food, put it in it. I press, set my time. I sit down, fold my arms. The thing is hot. I take it and eat it. It doesn't work that way. The relationship basket is always empty. It is like a brand new computer which has not been programmed. Whatever program, if you have not put Excel or spreadsheet on that computer and you want to do accounting... Excel, you want to use Excel or spreadsheet, it cannot generate for you. Because the thing is that it can't recognize your command. And a lot of people have not put certain things into their computer, but they are pressing a command for them to get a result. You can't get it. If you have not shown respect, you cannot press the command of respect for you to have a respect. If you have not shown, uh, what do you call it? Planted the program of, of honor. You can't deserve honor. So don't let us deceive ourselves. For the fact that you are a Christian. does not mean that your marriage will work automatically. Let's get it clear. and last step deceiving ourselves. For the fact that you fast and pray. You are a bishop, an apostle. Or a, a, a deacon. A deaconess, a church member. Prayer warrior, chorister, whatever. Does not mean that automatically when you marry, the marriage will be succeeding. It doesn't work that way. Because you see, what you need to do by character, it cannot be fixed by prayer. So I'm talking about a marriage shoe. This is a piece I read some time back, a very long time. And I saw the need as a relationship coach and a relationship expert, I read and get all information to be able to guide me and also to, not only practicing it in my home, but also speak to people that I engage in. And here we are. When we talk of the shoe, marriage is like a shoe. When you wear oversized, be ready to drag it along throughout life. Believe you? Be ready to drag it along throughout life. Have you seen somebody wearing, when we were young, we like wearing our parents' shoes. And when you wear it, you, you, you see yourself doing like this. <laughs> Have you experienced this before? You are dragging the shoe. Amen. So marriage is like a shoe. When you wear oversized, be ready to drag it along throughout life. And when you marry undersized, be ready to feel the pain throughout life. There are people who are sitting, they go to meet. Have you met them If I place the ladies? They are only praying that that they will get a place and remove and wear some slippers because that you will look and say, Oh, your shoe looks nice, but he's in your head, he said, You don't know what I am suffering that <laughs> give me a wave. Are somebody wearing over shoe, over size shoe, or you are wearing a painful one here? <laughs> When they remove their shoe, you will realize that (laughs) the toe and everything is, is, is tired. One thing about marriage is that you don't drop your shoe or remove it at any point, no matter how painful or how stressful it is. That is why I thought it necessary to share with you today about the marriage shoe. It will be a very strong benefit to those of you that are about to enter into relationship. And it will also be a point of reference and help to those of you that are also already in the marriage. So let's go on. There are three things when you are ready to get a marriage shoe that you should take care of. Three things when you are ready to get a marriage shoe that you should be, be considerate. First is the fiscal appearance. Give me Proverbs chapter number 31 from verse 10. First is the, how does the shoe look like? Amen. How does the shoe look like? <clears> he <throat> said, who can find a virtuous wife? For her wealth is far above rubies." The heart of her husband safely trusted in her. So we have no lack of words. Gay. And he says she does him a good and not evil all the days of her life.
1: God Thank you very much for listening. This is a message from ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Saigon. We know you've been blessed by God's Word. For more quality and practical teachings of Rev. Ismaila Abudu, visit us online at www.icgceastdeagon.com or email to ICGC at gmail.com or call us on 057-2260-434 or 057-2260-435. You can also worship with us on Sundays from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., on Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. for our empowerment teaching service, and Fridays at 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. for our breakthrough prayer service. You can also connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. God bless you. And my Lord with you, I know I'm covered. No greater power than you.